you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Welcome, Rick Lozano, to the show, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Ani. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the Intuitively Rich podcast. I'm excited to talk to you and your audience. And I'm excited to ask you the questions and learn more from you. Yeah. For, for the audience, people listening, okay. I would I love to let my guests introduce themselves because you guys know yourself the best. And your intuition is the best. And I want people to know from you personally, what you do. And, but in a format of like, imagine someone is listening to your friend's conversation about you or a commercial, or they are reading a blog post that is about you. What would it say? And it can be about your personal life as well, because we are not only our business and what we do, we have those personal sides as well. But just share whatever you just want to. So a commercial about me, um, if I was to, (laughs) it would have to have some of that obnoxious uh, overtones to it. Like, are you tired of wasting time at work? Do you want to unlock and amplify your passion? Let's, you know. (laughs) I know, the U.S. commercial, yes. Yeah, so that would be the obnoxious U.S. version of that. No, but that's, that's what I do. My company is called Unlock and Amplify. And what we do is we help people, leaders, teams, and organizations unlock their talent and potential to get business results. Uh, I've spent the last 20 years in leadership development and talent development. And so this is kind of my area of passion and expertise. Um, but I, I, I do a lot of work as a facilitator. So leading workshops with teams and leaders I do a lot of work as a keynote speaker, traveling primarily in the U.S. and Canada, but every now and then I'll get to other countries. Uh, And I I wrote a book. My book is called Acoustic Leadership, Develop a Leadership Culture That Resonates. So between that work as a facilitator, an author, a speaker, uh, I have plenty to do, but wait, there's more. That's the other part of the, but wait, there's more. (laughs) I'm also uh, a singer, a songwriter, musician, and so music is a big part of who I am and what I do, and I try to incorporate it into my work, so that's that's pretty cool, too. Um, Mary, my wife's name is Angela. We've got two kids and two cats. I won't tell you which ones I like better. Uh, <laughs> the cats are currently winning, let's say that. Um, but no, I live in San Antonio, Texas. We, uh, we love to hike and scuba dive, and uh, yeah, that's kind of who I am. That's you have a lot of sides of you, and when you told me about the name of your book, I was like, I see a guitar, acoustic. Okay, I was like, is there a connection between music and what you do? And you just mentioned that you also your passion is music. You mentioned like passion and expertise together, and I'm pretty sure before it was a passion for you, and then because you worked on your passion, you learned so much, you took action, then it became an expertise for you. But why did it become a passion for you in the first place? And how did you find yourself reading and learning more about all of these topics? That's a great question. And it was really amazing to me because I, I've been a musician my whole life. I've played music, played in bands. I, I actually consider myself a serious musician. I've got six albums of original music, that kind of stuff. Um, but it was never 
really the thing that I wanted to do with my life. It was always sort of the 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 other side, the side job. Yeah. So the majority of my career, of course, was spent in, in leadership and talent development. And about eight years ago, I was in conversation with one of one of my leaders at work, and he says, Hey, you are great at three things. I said, really? That's it? He said, yes, you're great at three things. You're a great trainer. You're a great speaker. And you're a great musician. Do those three things. And I said, okay, well, you know, I mean, I've got gigs on the side. I could just, you know, invite you to the one next week. And he said, no, no, no. Do those three things here at work. Mm. And I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what he was talking about. But he said, yeah, seriously, I, I bring your guitar to work find a way to, to, to incorporate some of that work in here at the organization I was working for at the time. And there's a great story at the end of the book. Uh, he, he, he told me this in the course of a conversation and I told him, I have no idea what that means. How do I, how do I do that? How do I make that good? And he says, I have no clue, but that's your thing. I said, okay, well, you know, thanks, I, thanks, I guess. He says, PFM, remember that PFM. I was like, what's PFM? And he says, pure freaking magic just do those three things and, and things will happen for you and it was amazing honey because i did not realize it at the time but he was right when i brought that lens that filter that talent as a musician to work suddenly everything just connected in ways that i'd never experienced before and you know of course we, we've heard that a lot of people have heard this their whole lives you keep your personal life and your business life separate but for me, when I actually brought those two things together, it, it changed everything. So I started working um, music into some, you know, at first like team building sessions, we would write songs together. And then in my keynote presentations, I would begin to bring my guitar and play certain funny songs and stuff with the audience. Sometimes we even make up songs on the spot with the audience. And then I went even further and started just using music as a lens through which to conceive leadership development and talent development. And so that's how the book came about, because I thought, what can we learn from musicians about leadership? And, and once those ideas sort of began, you know, combining themselves, everything changed. So that's how it all came about. Wow. That's such a wonderful, it's like when universe gives us the signs through the mouth of others, through yeah. the words that people tell us, that's for me, one of the case of universe like directly talking to you through yeah. just someone else and yeah. giving you the sign. What was the first, you said like everything changed yeah. and what was the first thing or maybe changed emotionally in you or outside of you? What was the first like few changes that you noticed that you were like pure <clears throat> magic? That's, that's a great question too. I, the very first thing that changed was the way I thought about work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I worked in these corporate, actually I was working in technology, so it wasn't, you know, super corporate world at that time, but I came from that world. So I've been in the corporate America world for quite a long time. In the space of technology, things were a little, you know, laid back a little t-shirt and jeans everyday kind of stuff. But what changed was my thinking about what was possible. And that really gave me, like I mentioned earlier, a wellspring of content and connections to draw from. I'll, I'll give you a very specific example. The very first thing I did as a speaker externally from the work that I did, um, I, I was applying to speak at a conference for talent development. 
And I rolled with that idea that that leader had told me, hey, what can, you know, bring your guitar to work? So I started thinking about it and I created a proposal for a presentation. And the idea was, what do the best facilitators, the best trainers, and your favorite musicians have in common? They have engaged audiences in common. So what can we learn from the world of music and apply in the world of training? And so I just, again, I stole ideas from one area and applied it to the other. And it was just amazing because I didn't realize it would work the way that it worked, but it, it got accepted. And then from there, my speaking career just took off. And it was all because it was this different take on it. And yeah, I would bring my guitar to the presentations. And, and it was just, it was crazy. And I think, especially in that scenario, that setting at the time, I don't think people, it wasn't normal to have some mm -hmm. guys singing and playing guitar and, you know, all that stuff. And it, it, it just, it was fantastic. How was music and creating in music nurturing your like logical side? Because we have, we call it like this right brain and left brain, and this is emotional, this is logical, and this is creative, and this is, and was for you personally, and I would love to know the effect it had on others as well, because it relaxes you when you are doing something different, it just opens up people, just that just my view. I can imagine like being more relaxed. Oh, we have music here, this guy's playing on guitar. And when you are not tensed and attached anymore, ideas just flow into our mind. So if it's like that, I would love to know if someone gave you feedback and how was it for you personally? You know, there's a lot to that question. And I think the thing that's really important is, you know, at the very beginning, you started talking about passion. Passion, if you, if you look it up in the dictionary, passion is any compelling emotion such as love or hate. And if you think about the nature of that definition, you have emotions because something happened, right? I love something because, I don't know, I had a conversation with something or I had an experience with something. I'm angry or I hate something because someone did something. There's, there's a correlation there. Passion is the result of action. So, and I think that's helpful because some people go, okay, well, you know, I don't know what my passions are. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, some people do, some people don't. And I think that's okay because passion is the result of action. If you don't know what your passions are, try something, have a new experience, do something. You, it, you do something and that creates a true passion in the sense that we know it. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm a scuba diver. My wife and I got certified to scuba dive about uh, three years ago. And we have since had over uh, 200 dives in the water. And we didn't start passionate about scuba diving. As a matter of fact, we were scared like crazy to do it. <laughs> but once we did it, we realized, hey, this is bringing me that compelling emotion of joy and wonder and fascination. We created that passion. And I think that's helpful because, again, to the, to the point of your question, I think other people, they can create those things for themselves. For me, it happened to include a guitar. It happened to include music. For other people, I think that they can leverage those areas of their already existing passions to do work with it. I also think that they can further create it and cultivate it by simply taking action in a new direction. Um, I had an experience once, and, and you talked about getting feedback on it. When I very, very first began as a keynote speaker, I loved this idea of bringing your passions to work. And so I would stand up in front of a room full of people and I would say, do it, you know, look, it, it's, it's working for me. It's working for other people. Bring your whole self to work. And I had one guy at a presentation I did once. He said, uh, okay, but wait, Rick. And of course you always know when somebody says, but wait, it's, it's not going to be good. He says, but wait, what if my passion is stripping? 
I can't bring that to work now, can I? And I imagine in my head this little ha 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 ha, this evil laugh. And I thought, okay, you're a jerk. But I started thinking about it. I was like, well, he's he's right. If if your passion is stripping you, you know, and no judgment, if your passion is stripping you, you can't do that in most places of employment. If your passion is woodworking, you can't bring a hacksaw to work. And so he threw that at me and I started thinking about it. I was like, well, then why? Why is this resonating with me? Why is this resonating with other people? And I realized it's not the thing itself, in my case, the guitar, or in the woodworker's case, the, uh, the hacksaw or whatever. It's giving yourself permission to think about how to leverage those connections in this space, in the work that you do. Let me give you an example. So, okay, if we're going to talk about dancing in whatever form, if you are a dancer, how can you leverage that thinking, those creative talents at your job as an accountant, right? Well, I don't know. Let's think about dancers. What do they excel at? They excel at balance and flow and technique and precision. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. So those are all strengths. Those are all talents that in and of themselves, we can apply anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can apply flow for, you know, to business process. I can uh, uh, apply discipline to the way that we structure organizations. There's connections that can be made all over the place. And that to me was the magic. It was drawing on one thing where you do have a natural talent or a natural passion and applying it in another place. I love that. I remember I started when I, I do my workouts every single day. If my body is tired, I just do a yoga practice. And before, you know, like it's like three, two, one and stop. And I was like, one more. I started to do one more on every rep, on every time I was tired, even though my hands were shaking, I started to do one more. And then I started to wash my dishes immediately. And then because I started to do the one more there, dishes immediately, I started to do my work immediately. I came up with this wonderful, uh, just the way of how I do my podcast of after the podcast, I, I just have this Excel sheet. I immediately edit it. I immediately prepare the docs. And it, I just found all this flow just because yeah. I started to do one more or two yeah. when it will got hard during my workout. So what you're saying, it's so true. You can apply the lessons to all aspects of our life because how we do anything is how we do everything and yeah. i loved hearing those examples let's talk a little bit about leadership okay i'm so i i don't know i'm so passionate about leadership and we know the things we are passionate about we have to explore it more because there's something for us what is leadership? We use those words. We talk about abundance, spirituality, leadership so much, but we don't like truly define it. Obviously, this is from your perspective, but what is leadership and who is a leader? Yeah. The first thing that I would love to talk about when it comes to leadership is this. Leadership exists outside of positional authority. You know, you hear uh, very frequently people say, well, leadership and management are two different things. And that's absolutely true. You can be a leader who's not a manager. And I know this because I spent most of my career not being a manager. Leadership and management are two different things. The challenge is, I think a lot of organizations, they say that, but then they only treat their formal managers as leaders. They only give them access to training and to development as leaders. 
where you and I know there's tons of influential people all around us. There's thought leaders, there's subject matter experts, there's influencers everywhere who don't have those formal titles. And I think the first thing that we've got to do is acknowledge that leadership is sort of transcendent of title. We all have leadership capabilities. We all have leadership influence. And to me, when I think of leadership, leadership is how I influence other people, how other people influence me, and how I lead myself. So the first thing we got to do is decouple leadership and management, and then make sure that we're helping everybody understand that they have an influence. Everything you do matters to someone somewhere. It impacts someone somewhere. So once we acknowledge that we're all leaders, then we go, okay, how do we develop as leaders? And one of the things that I believe in, and one of the, the three foundations in my book, for example, simplicity, authenticity, and opportunity. When I think about leadership as a whole, leaders help people do their best work and they make it simple to do so. They help get rid of all the obstacles, right? So at you, as a, as a coach, Ani, I know that you, one of the things that you do is you help people get rid of all the junk in their way so that they can live their best lives. You as a leader are making it simple by removing those elements that are getting in the way. So that's the first part. The next part as a leader is authenticity, developing true, trustworthy, vulnerable relationships where I am showing up as my true self. And I think that's, that's hard for some people because they think, well, you know, as a leader, people, people are looking up to me. I've got to be, you know, strong and courageous. And okay, that's great. But look, you're not perfect. No one is. The most effective leaders to me are the people who go, you know what? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Let's work together and figure it out. And when people are real and they show up as their whole selves, people begin to trust them. And then finally, opportunity. I think what leaders do really effectively is they help other people grow. They put the focus on helping other people. And that's where the magic happens. I, as a leader, I'm going to have my best influence. I'm going to reach my potential as a leader when I help other people, when I create and deliver opportunities or help people create their own opportunities. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I think in terms of leadership. I think Seth Gordon was talking about authenticity and I would love to hear your thoughts about it because so often people uh, I followed, not everyone, but here and there, there have been people who start to share negativity from, you know how sometimes we have these wounds and then we just just like a phoenix, we are these new people and then we share about those wounds. But sometimes people talk from the wounds. Sometimes yeah. people talk while they are still hurting and they call it being authentic, which I personally don't like. And I would love for you to define authenticity because sometimes people are like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. I have, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to share. Yeah. I'm going to complain. So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts about what mm -hmm. is, when, what do you mean by being authentic? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And authenticity does not give you the license to be a jerk. <laughs> that's not authenticity. Authenticity, well, you. this is who I am, deal with it. That, that's not the point of authenticity. The point of authenticity is understanding those things about yourself and making conscious decisions about what you do that influences other people. So yeah, if I'm in a bad mood, I can, I can certainly show up and be a jerk and I can complain and just say, well, that's just who I am. That's what I'm dealing with. 
I also, as somebody who emotionally, who hopefully is a little more emotionally intelligent, could say, look, I am feeling these things. They're the result of something else. What can I do about this? How can I understand myself enough, be authentic to myself, not lie to myself, to understand what's actually happening here? Let me give you an example. Uh, authenticity is also knowing you're not perfect and knowing that you're going to have bad days too. I noticed during the COVID era, I, you probably can tell this about me. I'm a pretty happy, cheerful guy. I noticed during the COVID era, I was getting stuck like everybody else, like a lot of other people. I was having bad days. I found myself, you know, especially in the four years, you know, with the, the, the impacts of the world and, you know, politicians and the crisis with, um, you know, all sorts of things. It felt like the world was exploding. And I found myself not having the best of days and angry, angry at the world. And God, this is awful. And I hate this and I hate this. And I realized when I share that with other people, I'm just creating more of it. I'm creating more of that negativity. So what can I do? And I realized, and this is important for all of us to understand, that hatred, that anger, those sorts of emotions are secondary emotions. Something happened that created anger. You felt an initial emotion that manifested itself in whatever that is. And you know what I realized? I realized that the root emotion for all of these things that I was experiencing was powerlessness, right? The world was going crazy and I couldn't do anything about it. I, I felt a sense of powerlessness. And, and so once fear. I realized, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and fear, fear and powerlessness. Yeah. yeah, I felt fear. I felt powerlessness. I couldn't do anything about it. And that was what was creating all of those other emotions. And when I realized that, I said, okay, how do you solve for powerlessness? You solve for powerlessness by finding areas you can control. And I made a very conscious decision at that point in time. I said, okay, I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling angry. The world's blowing up. I feel powerlessness. What can I do? I can make a choice. And one of the things that I decided was to make a choice to practice gratitude. And not just in the form of a, a, a gratitude journal or anything like that, which are great. I think those are really helpful for a lot of people. To me, I decided that every time I feel powerless, I'm going to choose to tell something to somebody that makes them happy. I'm going to choose to tell people. And it was just these little simple things where I would feel powerlessness. I'd recognize that in my brain. And I would say, you know what? I'm going to tell someone something nice. Ani, you know what I appreciate about working with you? is your unique character, you know, blah, 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 whatever those things would be. And I would take the opportunity in my own way to choose to deal with that by making a choice that was positive. Does that make sense? Complete sense. And by it the way, people sense. love that. When you, when you are working with somebody else and you say the words, you know what I love about working with you? Those words, then then filling it out with the rest of it, people love that. It makes them feel good. And I would love to believe it's a domino effect. You make somebody else feel good. They're going to pay that forward to somebody else. And to me, that's how I gained control. That's how I got myself. Am I perfect? No. Do I have bad days? Yes. But making those choices, that helps everything. I actually love guitar. how similar our... No, keep going. No, no, no. I said, and playing guitar. But anyway. Yes. We have such similar uh, tools that you say. You, I think you were saying something. I was, I was going to, no, please, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, go ahead. 
I, uh, <laughs> I took that advice. One of the things that brings me happiness is music, creating music, writing music, performing music. And it was during that same element where I also said, you know what? I also have a choice on where I put my attention. I can choose to put my attention on social media and all these other things that make me angry, or I could look at life and find the, find the funny in it. And so it was funny because I decided to take my own advice. I was like, okay, well, where am I spending all my time? Spending all my time in Zoom. And, you know, we all know Zoom has its drawbacks. You, you miss that personal connection. And I thought, okay, but what can I find that's funny about Zoom? And so I wrote a song about it. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Oh, I was <laughs> planning to ask you at some point to play on guitar and you just read my mind and thoughts. So I, uh, I, I, was, I was doing a workshop. One of my keynotes is called Unlock and Amplify, Develop uh, How to Unleash Talent in a Dynamic World. And one of the things that I was talking about in that workshop, that keynote, was creative combinations. You know, again, leveraging something that's already around you and using it as, uh, I don't know, a breakthrough for some other thing, kind of like we talked about with music a little earlier. So I said, okay, well, what am I doing right now? I'm working in training, which is what I was doing. I was delivering workshops virtually at the time, uh, and we're in Zoom. What can I write about training and Zoom? How can I combine those two things? So I thought, well, training uh, has been really good to me. Um, I met my wife in training, actually. That's where we met. And the true story is I, uh, I trained her. And the joke is I trained her and she's been training me ever since. <laughs> it's so, so true. It is. Um, but I thought, hey, you know, I, I found love in training. So what would love, finding love in the world of Zoom look like? So I wrote a song called The Zoom Love Song. And okay. it's kind of funny. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. I met her in Zoom. Couldn't smell her perfume. Her wallpaper is in good taste. She could be quite tall or she could be quite small. I've only seen up from her waist. Because it's Zoom. <laughs> I'm zooming across the internet Into your house, take a chance You have a cute smile, let's meet for a while I hope I still fit in my pants Cause it's Zoom and I haven't been wearing them Alright, verse two She's got a calico cat And she's witty in chat We decided to go on a date Flowers in hand, I was feeling quite grand when her husband showed up at the gate. Oh no! I'm back to Zoom and cross the internet. You just never know what you'll get. It ain't working for me, hooking up virtually. Looking for love on the net. That's right. Looking for love on the net. One more time. Looking. On the next swipe left. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is so cool and so true. I love the parts of I don't know the height <laughs> because I have seen only. They might be huge. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. I love it. It was so yeah, funny. Was... The positive side of the Zoom, and you wrote a song about it. You are awesome. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's too much fun. By the way, I, uh, I, I learned something about myself in the last couple of years, and I have this natural talent for writing funny songs. It's really, it comes easily to me. It comes easily to me. And for the longest time, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't play them publicly because there was this mindset I had, well, no, I'm a, I'm a serious musician. I'm a real musician. And no, go, go listen to my albums. That's, that's what my real music is. And I finally realized, you know, this is part of being a real musician too. This is, this is my job to make music and to connect with people and to inspire people, whether it's through real music, quote unquote, or whether it's making them laugh in a funny song. So I'm going to do all of it. So that's where I am these days. And I love where you are. It's so wonderful. I Thank had you. meditations. I had dogs and cats in the podcast, but this is my first uh, music episode in the podcast and I'm loving it. I love it because that's how I want my podcast to feel like friends having a conversation and people yeah. listening to it. That's the feel I want to for them to get and yeah. to just listen to them. And I love how similar our values, not values, but how we approach the life is because every time I look at my husband and he does something annoying, I force myself to tell him something I like about him. Yeah. yeah. Every time, because he doesn't annoy me often, but when he does, I'm like, yeah. okay, he's like chewing too loudly. And I'm like, okay, what I like about him? And I'm like, you know what? Your eyes look gorgeous right now. Or I like your beard. Or I would like yeah. tell him some, or when I'm really, really sad, I write gratitude letters to my friends. And I cry, and these words that come out of me just brings me so much joy. And it actually helps that you said that when you are sad, just stretch yourself by loving people more and telling them what you like about them. Because it's selfish, you immediately feel good, but it also is for other people as well. So that is truly working, and it is working for me, it is working for you. And I would encourage the audience to try it. And it's challenging when you are very sad to think like how can I I am so sad how can I make someone else feel good I, I can't even make myself feel good but that's the key when you make someone else feel good mm -hmm. you automatically feel wonderful and amazing I just and, really and it is to... selfish too because it benefits you you know and in, in helping other people you feel good too so it's like why why not doing it why why not say something nice to somebody when they're maybe not having their best day and it, it makes you feel good too yeah Yes, that is so true. And it, it's, I think, the best advice people can take from this whole conversation. Just just make others feel good. When yeah. you start to working with clients or you teach other people, what are some first questions you ask? Do you give mm -hmm. them advice? Do you start by asking questions? Do you start by getting to know them? Where is the? Where do you start, basically, the work with them? The very first conversation I have in any capacity, whether it's as a speaker, as a trainer, as a consultant is, what problems are you trying to solve? And being very honest about what those problems are. Are we dealing with a people problem? Are we dealing with a process problem? Well, what are we trying to solve for? And then going, okay, well, what are the best versions of those things? If we're having success, what does that look like? Let me give you an example. Uh, I'm in conversations right now with a, a client. Uh, I've worked with them before, but we're, we're implementing what I call my leadership that resonates program with them. And one of the things that we're doing is we're saying, okay, what problems are we trying to solve? And what behaviors are most critical for your leaders? 
because every organization is in a different place. Every organization has different challenges, even though, yes, there's some higher level things that all companies are challenged with. Every corporate or organizational culture is different. So what do your leaders need to be exhibiting as behaviors? What are the most important things right now? And rather than saying, okay, well, we're going to do 12 different competencies, competencies that we're going to focus on, what, what are the top three? What are the top three or four things that we absolutely need your leaders to do right now? And from there, we build out opportunities for them to learn and to practice. But it really starts with that, what are we trying to accomplish here? And then what exhibits that, or rather what behavior will make progress towards that solution? We've got to start there because anything else is just fluff. And you know, there's a lot of trainers in the world. There's a lot of people who teach leadership development and I'm sure everyone does well in their own way. But for me, it was, I can't just deliver content. I've got to understand why they need that content and then what the best possible output of that is. So yes, I do have training content, but then we apply that content directly to their culture, their specific needs, and we practice and practice and practice in a safe environment. So that way, by the time that they leave, they can do those things. They can exhibit those behaviors that we need them to. What does practicing in a safe environment mean? First, it means that we are all on the same page, regardless of where we are, regardless of our experience. We are all here to learn and to get better. We're going to leverage the expertise in the room for those people who are more experienced. We're going to develop those experiences for the people who are newer. But we're all going to give each other feedback in a safe manner. We're going to learn together because we are on this journey together. We're going to make sure that the feedback that we give is constructive. It's well-intended. We're going to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to work as a team. And that, to me, is creating that safe environment. And as a facilitator, a lot of that is on me to make sure that nobody looks bad or you know feels shamed or anything like that so i've got a big job as the facilitator to make sure that i'm creating that safe environment but it's also creating that environment of accountability amongst themselves so one of the biggest things that i do in my workshops is i have people give feedback to each other to make sure that they are learning how constructively to have that dialogue together does that make sense yes and how important i People are people at work, at yeah. home. Yeah. I have found that sometimes, even with my toddler, I have a four-year-old boy, when I tell him something, I started to ask him, tell me what I just told you. Yeah. Majority of the times, he tells me it's completely different stuff. The way he understands it, and even to my husband, I have mirrored it, like, mirrored me back. What did I just tell you? Just what did you hear? And sometimes you hear something different because the perception we have, our past, our habits, our beliefs, our how we were raised, all of that. So how do you make sure as a leader? Because we are not perfect. We cannot be, we cannot know everyone's childhood trauma. So how do we master the art of communication? So whatever we say, it is understood the way that we are saying it. Yeah. I think part of that is making sure that we are always clear on what we're trying to do together. Mm -hmm. Here's what we're trying to accomplish as a group, as a team, as an organization, and then consistently referring that to people and reminding them of those priorities, but also reminding them of their part in that, the impact they have in that overall thing, the reason why this matters and how they're connected to it. 
So I think we've got to start by creating clarity around what we're mutually trying to accomplish. And by the way, that goes back to the safety thing. I think when you put it under this, we're in this together, we're doing this together, we're experiencing this together. When suddenly people realize that, hey, this is all dependent on us doing this together, collaborating, suddenly they change the way that they're approaching it. And I forgot the second part of that question, but maybe that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because so many people understand it in a different way. How can we communicate in the way that they yeah. understand it, what we're saying? And that's so right. Just make sure. And I think we have to also mean it because sometimes leaders wouldn't do that, but people in the management say it's for us and then they put their agenda on them. So I sure. think it's also like living up to our whatever we are, meaning what we are saying. We can talk all night. It's night here. It's day there. We can talk about all of these topics, maybe like for hours and hours. I have a few more questions for you. Before I ask you, where can people find you and about your book and all of that? Is there any topic you really wanted to cover and really is in your heart? And I just didn't get the chance to ask you the question. You know, I don't have any specific topic. I love the fact that you know, you, for example, are taking this opportunity through your podcast to help other people and to put positivity into the world. And I think that that is just such a huge opportunity for all of us to make those choices where we say, look, the world, yeah, the world is challenging right now. The world is confusing right now. What can I put positively into it? What can I do? And back to those previous conversations, I think so much of it stems from that place of powerlessness. If more people realize that and say, hey, I've got a choice, I can put something positive into the world, that's an action that can help them overcome that feeling of powerlessness. We can't change everything about the world, but I can change that. So taking that action to put something positive into the world and help other people, we all can do that. Yes. And I really admire when uh, people transform their pain into their strengths as you just mentioned like you got very um all this powerlessness was transferred into anger and hatred and you transformed even that part so people listening it's like even you it's not like you achieve this state and you never go you never just go back or spiral down or go down to the rabbit hole it's just like the tools that we were talking here you use your tools on yourself and that's the hardest thing it's so yeah. easy to teach <laughs> others but it's so challenging to leave what you are preaching and teaching and i have even like my respect for people just raises a little more when i see that they are truly like yeah. the embodiment of what they are teaching and i really really admire that in you because now whatever we just talked about i will accept it even more from you because I can see that you are using your knowledge on yourself first and then you are teaching others how to do the same. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. You know, I'm also a learner in this process too. I learned more writing the book. I learned more about leadership by writing that book than I ever had previously. And I realized I have so much yet to learn. So, you know, I'm not claiming to be perfect in any way, but I'm open to it. Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to be a better human being. Let's, let's continue trying. Yes. I love that. Let's continue trying. Let's continue trying. That is such a wonderful mantra for the people listening. They can use it. Let's continue trying. Where can people find you? If you have any upcoming events, just tell me more about your book. What is inside? Where can people buy the book? I will link everything down in the description box but still for the people listening and 
for a little bit lazier people who don't want to go down there and search for it just tell me all about yourself so thank you so uh, ricklozano.com is the easiest way for anyone to find me and to get a hold of me my email address is rickl at ricklozano.com if people want to reach out directly um there's information about me and the work that i do on, on my website uh, the book the easiest place to go is amazon to to buy the book but you could also buy it through my website which I think takes you to Amazon too. So ultimately it's Amazon. Um, what else? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on most of the social networks. I don't do a lot on social media. Um, I think LinkedIn is kind of where I do most of my time and most of my work. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all of those places that people can just search for me and, and find me there and connect with me. So yeah. Wonderful. I, I already um, looked through your website and people just, it's so easy. People can just go there. I would suggest and encourage people to go there, find your book, read more about you because you are a very interesting person. This is a question I ask to every single get one, every single guest of mine. It's evening here. Pardon yeah. me and my words. Yeah. <laughs> I ask this to everyone. Leave me and listeners it can be one or two sentences it can be simply a word but something that is on top of your heart time moves really fast take mm. advantage of every second and if you feel stuck move forward by taking yourself out of the situation that you're currently in change your circumstances change your environment we we have nothing but our health and our family and our time and time is going so fast especially in this covid world right take advantage of every opportunity every single second connect with the people that you love and tell them that you love them and be easy to for, quick to forgive i think those things can help us all because we only got so much time let's make the best use of it i love that that, that is so wise and if we remember that one day we're going to die those phone calls is not suddenly so hard to make. Those words to, if we love someone, to tell them that we love them is not so hard to say. That is a wonderful way to end this podcast. And thank you, Rick, again for your time, for your presence, for your energy, for this song, and for your wonderful energy. I love your high energy. I love the way you speak. I love the way you talk. I love the way you think. And I love how it is shown in your personality and the work that you do. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Ani. I, I thank you so much for having me on the show and, and for putting all the positivity that you put into the world. So thank you. Oh, thank you, listeners, for listening. And until next time.